Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. America's Voice of Reason. Boyd Matheson on Utah's home for elevated conversation. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Well, it is a special privilege, a true treat, a first of all first. Amos Giora from the University of Utah is joining us live in studio today. And uh, Amos, one, it's great to meet you face to face. We've had a lot of important conversations uh, over the phone and in front of our our audience, uh, but it's great to actually have you in the studio today. You know, we have solved the world's problems over <laughs> the airwave, and now we actually can solve it sitting next to each now other. Now we can do it side by side. It's a good thing. Well, we want to go right uh, to the heart of it uh, as we look at the things that are unfolding in Israel, in particular, the changes that are, are being pushed forward in terms of changes to the judiciary. Give us a, a lay of the land. I know I know you sleep for about 27 minutes a night, and then you're up in the middle trying to figure out what's happening over in Israel. Uh, give us the lay of the land. Where are we? So the lay of the land is that the government is seeking to, my language, to eviscerate the, the, the judiciary, particularly the Supreme Court, in an effort to do so, they are enacting literally hour by hour, day by day, obviously, laws that will minimize the reach of the court, will change the way, manner in which justices are appointed, change the relationship between the, the Supreme Court and the legislature, the Knesset. And it is clearly this is thought through by the government. I mean, this is not something that's being, it's not impetuous. It's not mm-hmm. spur of the moment. This is something that clearly has been in the works, it is for those of us who believe in the rule of law, separation of powers, checks and balances, our language in Hebrew is this really is undermining democracy. And it is a battle. Mm-hmm. Yesterday and Monday, there were, again, this depends on the numbers, a um, couple hundred thousand people demonstrating outside the parliament. There are rallies every Saturday night. Today, being Tuesday, the, the um, the heads of the major banks met with the finance minister telling him that the rate with which money is leaving Israel is time, 10 times faster mm. than any previous recorded um, tracking of money. Um, significant investors, I mean, you know, people with billions, are withdrawing their um, their entrepreneurial investment money from Israel. President Biden um, on Monday issued a 63-word 63 word, 63 word warning Prime Minister Netanyahu with respect to the settlements. Secretary of State Blinken has been very clear about it. But in the complicated Israeli politics, Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu, is beholden to his extremist um, factions. Mm-hmm. 
um, what's important for him, Netanyahu, who is under trial, literally as we're speaking, there are witnesses every day, his trial is ongoing, is to have his trial suspended. I think that would be the right word in English. The world is, I mean, those of us, not only people like me who track this, not only Israelis, but um, when he was in France, when Netanyahu was in France last week, uh, Macron was pretty clear about his criticism. I don't know yet about other European voices. Mm. Uh, as I say, Biden has been very clear. What's going to be the the, the reaction? I call it the moderate American Jewish community. Mm. Unclear, but in terms of the question in Israel as we speak, there is a, from the government's perspective a very clear step by step plan to again to eviscerate the power of the Supreme Court. Yeah, and so let's let's dig into a couple of those things that you raised there, Amos. Uh, starting with the Supreme Court, my understanding is one of the significant pieces of this. Uh, transformation that is being attempted anyway, uh, is that the that the Knesset would actually have the ability to overrule the Supreme Court of the land. So there are th- three or four important issues on the table. Again, what I'm telling you is, is correct here. Where are we? Four o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> right? One is to change the way in which judges are appointed. Mm-hmm. There's a judicial appointment committee at the moment, um, which is comprised of sitting members of the court, members of the Israeli bar, the, the um, Justice Minister and a couple of representatives from the government. That is going to be reversed or changed, tweaked, and it will be a majority of the people on the committee will be members of the government. So in terms of separation of powers and checks and balances, it eviscerates it totally. If I, as a justice, to be appointed, need to curry favor with the government, there is no checks and balances separation of powers. Here in the United States, you know, the president of the United States nominates, but the Senate confirms. That won't happen in Israel. Mm. The government will, will appoint. That's one. Two, there's a uh, something called override. So at the moment, the Supreme Court has sitting – it's a unique Israeli mechanism based on British law. It's the Supreme Court sitting as a high court of justice, which reviews petitions filed against the government. So at the moment, there's an override, which says the, the court can override legislation passed by the, by the Knesset, the parliament, if it violates basic laws. Remember, mm. we don't have a constitution. Right. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. I believe on Wednesday or Thursday, the, the first reading of the override bill will be heard before the Judiciary Committee, um, eliminating, eviscerating the, the, the court's right to override um, Knesset legislation. And the only exception to that will be, I mean, it's impossible, that the overriding can only occur if it's an 11-0 uh, unanimous mm. holding by a court. Good luck with that. Yeah. And, and not only does it have to be 11-0, but the justices have to agree that the legislation passed by the Knesset so egregiously violates a basic law. Go find egregious, right? Right. So it creates a, a mechanism by which the Supreme Court cannot review the legislature. Again, mm. separation of powers, yeah. checks and balances. The third thing that, that is going to happen on Wednesday, two weeks ago, the court ruled that the Minister of Health, Arya Derry, who's been convicted twice, has been sat in jail, I think, for seven or eight years. The court ruled that he cannot serve as a minister, and what Netanyahu did is um, absolutely ignored the court. And tomorrow there will be a, a law introduced. It's called a personal bill. 
in which uh, the government will vote to um, override the Supreme Court. All right. Uh, next thing I want to get into, uh, obviously, checks and balances are a big deal uh, in this country and on this show. Uh, so those are all things we're going to watch really closely. Uh, one of the things I want to get to and, and give us some perspective on this, help our listeners understand, uh, you talked about this uh, coalition. Uh, we're, we're so used to just having a, a two-party system. The Knesset, I don't know how many are in there, but he had to cobble together a really wide swath. He did. So, uh, so explain that to sure. us. So it's a parliamentary system. There are 120 members of the Knesset. To have a government, you need to have 61. So the Likud, which is the largest party, which is Netanyahu's party, has either 32 or 34. So I'm not good at math. But 61 minus 32 means he needs, let's say, another 30. So where did he find the other 30 from? There are two Orthodox parties. One is an Ashkenazi party, which is uh, Jews from from Europe. And the other Orthodox party are Jews from South from the Middle East, North Africa, called Sephardic Jews. So those are Orthodox parties. The only thing that interests them is money, serious money for their schools because they have a separate school system. Right, right. And then there's a new party. It's been around a little bit, but it's primarily new and and powerful. And that's our very extreme right-wing party headed up by a guy named Itamar Ben-Gvir, who is in many ways, um, pains me to say this, he's the kingmaker. Mm. Um, he... My terms, he's a racist, he's a fascist, and he's homophobic. Other than that, he's fine. He never served a day in the Israeli military because the army didn't want him because he's been convicted who knows how many times on violence and incitement. Mm. Irony of ironies, he is the minister. Well, we in America, we call him minister of police. We call him minister of national homeland security. And he did extremely well in the November election because he was able to galvanize young voters. How did he do that? First of all, he's extremely articulate. He's, he's, um, he's a demagogue. That's frankly what he is. We had riots two years ago. For the first time ever we had riots between um, Jews and, and Arabs in the Israeli streets. He used that to his electoral advantage. Mm-hmm. So back to your question, you have to cobble together a coalition. He needed 61 plus. I think it's 64. That's right. It's exactly 64. And unless something dramatic happens, he can hold on to that 64. But there are two buts. But one is there's in Israel something called the Norwegian law. Why Norwegian? Because it came from Norway. <laughs> That's a good um, name for good it. Good name for it. <laughs> that the head of the party, Netanyahu, can force an individual who is a member of parliament and a minister to step down from being a member of the parliament. Mm. And he brings in someone else who did poorly in the primaries and then is beholden to Netanyahu. And that person can't vote. Interesting. So, interesting. So, but at the moment, there are seven members of the cabinet and also of the parliament who are potentially maybe soft under what's called the soft belly. Yeah. Who yeah. Potentially will come to their senses and, and flip. We'll see. There's, I mean, there's a public call to them earlier today. 70 rabbis said, this is crazy. Uh, yesterday on TV, one of Israel's most important commentators called them out one by one. The, the protesters, the demonstrators are incredibly creative, unbelievably well-organized and every day, or I think it's twice a week maybe, they are, demonstrators are literally protesting outside the homes of these particular seven mm. in the effort, I think, to frankly embarrass them. Wow. Wow. Just a few things uh, happening. That's why <laughs> you get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's why you get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. All right. So, so give us one thing to watch uh, in the coming days. What's one thing that we ought to be looking for that is either going to say, yep, all of this is just going to continue to stormroll through and Bibi Netanyahu has the momentum and the control and that stays or things that might be sort of that uh, tipping point and maybe that soft underbelly uh, that might fracture the coalition and, and well, change direction. 
Netanyahu in previous days was sensitive to to economics and to economic power. Mm. And the fact that – so three things are happening economically. One, major investors are just not yeah. investing. Two, there's a call for people not to use credit cards anymore. This is super – it's highly organized. Wow. To go to a, a cash-only economy because that hurts the banks. Hurt the banks. They want to come to the government and need help. Um, so the economics I think would be helpful. I would – Biden yesterday did the 63-word statement. If Biden really – I think he's going to have two options here. It's a fork in the road. One, to make it very clear to Netanyahu, you will not be invited to the White House. We are, I don't know if I would say freeze Israeli-American relations. We're going to um, download, down minimize, I think would be the right word. Um, I think that would be um, impactful. And three, if the demonstrations became so loud, and we'll see what's going to happen in the next few days, that it becomes for those seven, those, those those are the critical, those seven, if there's a mechanism uh, to reach them and have them come to their senses. Crucial part of the world, many conversations to come as it relates to Israel and what's happening there. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. We'll continue to follow that. We'll step aside for one last commercial break. Coming back, some final thoughts for you today on Inside Sources. Stick around. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.